This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Yeah, I can uh, this is, this is, uh, he's like another coach. You know, he, uh, he'll trick me sometimes, probably. He's awesome. He's very smart, uh, very detailed in what he does. Uh, he's a guy that uh, really came from the practice squad and built himself into one of the best third down backs in the league. Uh, you know, barring some injuries, his numbers would be up there with some of the best ones. But, uh, he's a great player, great guy. I'm happy to have him on the team. And, and Eifert, of course, I had him in Cincinnati for his first three years. And, uh, he is a, a great weapon. When you have a tight end in the back that can and do some work in the middle of the field, it, it really opens things up. Felt like we were doing a Zoom call with Jay Gruden, the Jags offensive coordinator today in Foxborough. Because the connection wasn't great. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> took me all day to come up with that. <laughs> Brett Martino, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Tuesday. Hope you're doing well. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. There he is talking about Chris Thompson. I brought it up earlier in the show about yeah. his IQ, his smarts, that he could coach. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And again, I think there's some value to it. Now, you got to be able to play. Right? <laughs> you got to be able to play more than coach. But there is some value to it, uh, and the Jags are getting upgrades in that department. They noticed something. It, it, is, it is crystal clear. Whether you want to talk about it and say nice things or mean things about it, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. They did not like the temperament, the player, the kind of player they had. They liked a lot of the talent they had over the last few years. They did not like the actual player. That's a blanket statement. But the, the characteristics that made up that player, wh- whether it was freelancing or too much ego or too brash or, or whatever it might be, they are changing that. They showed it in the draft, and they showed it with some of these free agency moves. I continue to think you have to have a blend of that now. Yeah. I think it's healthy to have a blend of it. Mm-hmm. But what is the right blend? The Jags didn't have a good blend of that mm-hmm. because 17 wouldn't have turned into 18. It would have turned into 19 the way it did if you had the healthy blend of it. Uh, and the Jags have to find that formula. You know, yeah. That's what sustainable teams do, that or find a quarterback. Of course. <laughs> and right now, I mean, if you look at the blend, Brent, obviously you're talking about the youngest NFL team yeah. um, you know, in, in the league right Probably now. Probably not it, the best winning formula well, blend. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, listen, I can't remember the last time uh, the youngest team in the NFL ever had a lot of playoff success. You know, now maybe I'm wrong, maybe I stand corrected, but usually I think it works is when you have the right combination of that veteran experience mixed with that younger talent, that's when you succeed. Right now, obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars are hurting on the veteran side of things. Here's a, there's a one caveat to the young team stuff, and, and, and shoot, for the longest time I felt like the Jags are young, Jags are young, Jags are young. Mm-hmm. They got tired of hearing about it. They told us actually to stop saying it. Like, uh, uh, not they in terms yeah. of the Jags. I'm saying like, coach said, hey, how much, yeah. even yeah. like Calais and other teams, but like, you, you can't use that. I mean, uh, how often are you going to use that? How long are you going to well, use that? And from, from listen, though, from their perspective, Brent, they, they they don't use that because it's not an excuse. Yeah. You know, like if you're on the field and you're a starter and you mess up a play, you can't use the excuse. Well, I'm young. I don't know what I'm doing. But my thought on it is this: I've looked. If you look up the average age of teams in the NFL, mm-hmm. and I don't have it in front of me, but if you look it up, it will range somewhere between youngest team, maybe the Jags, say it's like twenty three point six. The oldest team, Austin, will be like 25.2. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a, a year and a half in terms of their average age. Now, what does that mean? Well, you might have five 30-plus-year-old guys versus two on yeah. one team. What is it? So to answer your question, last year the Miami Dolphins were the youngest team coming in at 25.2 years old. 
That was the average. youngest at 25.2? That was the youngest. Oh, okay. The oldest, 27, which was the, the New England Patriots. So, so, And that's my point. A difference of okay? two years. Yeah. So a difference of two years. Now, what you're tell- I'm not saying it's not important mm-hmm. because that difference of two years over a 53-person team average, mm-hmm. that's, quite, that's, that's quite a bit. I mean, you might again, you might have one team that has 10 30-year-old guys, and you might have another team that has two. That's sure. a big difference. I mean, you're talking about eight guys that can make a difference about the shape, the culture, uh, the experience of your locker room. So don't dismiss it. But it's also not like this massive gap. You know, we're not talking about one team's average is 30 and another team's average is 22. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what we're talking about. It is a very tight gap in the NFL because you know why? It's a young man's game. And everyone's young. And because of the salary cap, you almost have to be young. And now you have more players coming out earlier than ever in terms of their age. I mean, you have so many 21-year-old players, 22-year-old players uh, making their debuts. Heck, you're on a second contract like Yannick Ngakwe almost by the time you turn 25. Yeah. I mean, that is a young football player still in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with a ton of experience. Of so course. You, don't, you wouldn't say Yannick Ngakwe is young. But he would fit the actual young age of the Miami Dolphins from last year. Listen, I think when the average, whatever, the average time spent in the league for a player is either like two and a half or three years, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. You know, I mean, if you make it to four or five years, you're considered old. You know, like you did it. So, yeah, obviously that two-year gap, or I guess it's 1.8 if you really do the math, between the the oldest team and the youngest team per average age of player, um, it doesn't sound like a lot, Brent, but at the end of the day, what I always say, you make your most progress going from your first year to yeah. your second year. So it does mean something, obviously. How much stake should you put into it? Um, I don't think really from a talent standpoint, from the on-the-field presence standpoint, you really shouldn't. But obviously when you talk about penalties, you talk about the mental mistakes, well, that's where you go with with the being a young team. More football talking about how bad is the Jaguars roster potentially on offense that Gruden is working with compared to what he's worked with in the past in Washington and Cincinnati. We're going to get into that. But before we do that, before the break, you were telling us about yeah. this this mountain climb, 14,000 feet, yeah. Quandry Peak, is that yeah, what it's Quandry called? Peak, yeah. In the Rocky Mountains? It's, yeah, it's the 11th highest um, point in the lower... 48 of the United States. Okay, was yeah. it? Uh, I saw snow in the picture. Oh yeah. So was it cold? Uh, when you got to the I top, I mean, it was probably. Yeah, I mean, it was like in the 30s, but you were so warm from hiking. Like I, I yeah. wasn't affected. All I had was like a jersey on, like an underneath shirt, and I was fine the entire time. Um, cold wasn't really an issue. There was a little bit of a wind, so that was something. But it, it just comes down to elevation, man. Okay, because coming from Jacksonville, where you're pretty much below sea level, and then going to Colorado, like even when you get to Colorado, when you land, you can kind of feel it a little bit. But as we drove up, you know, to the hiking point, I was like, okay, this is going to be something new. And I kid you not, man, by like the first mile, and this is like we're still in the woods. We're not even like, you know, past a tree line yet. The first mile, um, you, you can start to feel like that air kind of gets short and everything. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things we got power through. It's a real thing. Yeah, it is, man. I so, think it just impacts other people certain ways. Yeah, but. and like I consider myself to be in pretty good shape, but man, I'm not in climbing shape. Like, I mean, I, I have a body to do a lot of sports, but I don't think climbing is one of them, man, because like just my legs, everything was on fire. So we ended up going about seven miles. Took us about six hours to do it. Guess how many calories I burned because I, I had my monitor on. Uh, I'm going to say. 2,600. 5,136 calories. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you better believe when I was done, we had some fun. <laughs> Five, over 5,000 5, calories. 5,136. Yeah, Is that right pretty there. common? Uh, well, I just think as a guy my size that does it, obviously I'm burning a little more and, and I'm, I'm pretty active as it is. So, um, 
probably a little uncommon just because of my height though and everything. But um, yeah, and I also try to do it faster because you know I have my I have my smoothie stuff right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know I want to have my first meal at noon. Well, we took off at six thirty in the morning and started our you know uh, ascent up. And oh yeah, by ten o'clock I'm like, there's no way I have to have my smoothie right. I carried it with me. I have to have it right now because if I don't have it, um, it's gonna be a long long day. But it was really cool because we were one of the first like the first ones up there because we got there so early. Because the problem is if you go up there later when the sun's out, um, it melts the snow, so it makes it for a harder hike. Yeah, right? slippery. Yeah, exactly. So like when we were doing it, it was pretty nice and icy, so we had spikes on our we had like the chains and the spikes on our shoes. So it was a pretty. I mean, from afar, it's like was a real slipping. deal. You had chains oh, and yeah, spikes. Oh yeah, we had chains, shoes. we had snowshoes, um, we had poles, we had everything, man. Really? Yeah. We were in depth. That's in a there. real deal. Exactly. I've never done that. Yeah. So, you know, we're climbing up and everything. It was icy, so it was nice because you weren't really slipping. The way down, though, when it got warmer, it was a little bit, it was rough then from that. But it's so cool the people that you meet on the way, right? Because everyone has a goal to try to get up to the top. I mean, that's why everyone's doing it, right? And some people are struggling. Some people turn around and don't be able to, you know, don't get to accomplish it for whatever reason. But it's so cool just when you're walking up, people are walking down, or when we're walking down, you give each other encouragement, right? Like, you yeah. can do this. You can, yeah, let's yeah. get it. Let's get it, you know? So um, it's amazing just all these strangers that you meet along the way who are also, like, super encouraging and uh, telling you to keep going and everything. Well, it's it's good cool. To think, it's good to see on the mountain Darwinism isn't taking place. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Screw you. Yeah, yeah, see ya. <laughs> take take no shoes and stuff too while they're, I, they're sitting down. I mean, like, uh, I don't want to waste my energy on encouragement right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. So you said it's a top three moment. Like, what yeah. else would you say from a physical standpoint, like, Man, challenge you to your max? I'm, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, from the standpoint of this, once again, the mental gymnastics that I was playing, and I had this preconceived notion of what it was going to be, and it wasn't even close. I mean, I don't think me and my group said a word to each other probably the, the last three hours, just because when we were, you know, getting ready to go to the summit. You were grinding. Yeah, we're grinding. We had no time to talk to each other. We are just, like, trying to make it. So, from that, I mean, the hardest things I've done besides that, man, um, you know, like, the, there, there's some training camps that stick out to me, but nothing too crazy. I would probably say... The one that comes to mind for me was trying to play a game on a broken back my freshman year of high school. I actually fractured my vertebrae um, in a game previous before then. That was just like a little, you know, back pain. I ended up trying to, you know, give it a go. And, yeah, I mean, eventually my, my legs just stopped working, let's just say. And I went down to the ground. Um, that was more like the fourth quarter when the game was almost over. And then come to find out I had a fractured back, so I had to wear a back brace for five or six months, which was super cool. So that was probably... Besides that, probably the most hardest thing. That was more of a, a physical thing, though, a more painful thing than this hike was. That's incredible. I mean, you play in the NFL for a handful of years. You're an MMA fighter. Yeah. I want nothing to do with old Quandary Hill in, in Colorado or whatever, well, because if, if you say this is tougher than all of that, yeah. then I don't want to do it. Well, no, I mean, one day we're going to have to do it together, Brent. Uh, but I think it's from a fact that you have to get acclimated to the, to the elevation. I mean, th there was a 10-year-old kid that I met that did how, it with his dad. 10-year-old kid. How uh, long he's does the hike take? By you. You're like, oh, crap, so I'm doing How this. long does the hike take, do you think? Uh, so it was five hours and 37 minutes. I've got an idea. We'll got? send you guys out there with the equipment with six hours before the show. So you got to set a good pace and get up there yeah. and then broadcast live. <laughs> well, <laughs> no oxygen to broadcast. Well, I know. And the best part was, too, so obviously cell phone service, not a thing there. But until you get to the top, so me being the smartest like that I was. shows like that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, so me being the smartest that I was, man, I get to the top and everyone's, you know, taking their pictures and everything. And I just get up there. I'm like, finally, I can make some work calls, man. It took forever to get up here. I can make my phone calls now. So people thought that was pretty funny. Oh, and also, the best part, the, the Red Wings jersey. 
Right? I saw. So, so get, what's the story behind the Red Wings? Okay, jersey? so get this. So obviously, as you know me, Brent, I'm a big Wings fan. Okay, and if front you, runner. yeah, well, have you watched in the past decade? No. A front runner, excuse me. Well, when you were growing I'm up, the, I'm, were. I'm, a, I'm a Jags fan right now, basically. Okay, I'm just hanging on to some scraps. <laughs> so, um. When it comes down to the Colorado Avalanche and Detroit Red Wings, one of the biggest hockey rivalries of all time. Uh, in the early to mid-90s, there wasn't a, probably a bigger rivalry in any kind of sport. I mean, we're talking about fights. We're talking about fans going back and forth, hating on each other. Um, it was a time to be alive, to say the least, uh, in the NHL. And there's always kind of been the animosity between Wings fans and Avalanche fans. And it all started with a cheap shot um, from Claude Lemieux. Ended up taking on, I think, Chris Draper. And it went on from there. Right? Long story. But whatever the reason, they st- there's still a lot of animosity. So, I rock my Darren McCarty jersey, who was one of the guys on the grind line. One of the guys who actually was responsible for putting Detroit kind of on the map with the very first fight with Lemieux and everything. That's another long story. Not to get into it. But needless to say... I was in enemy territory, all right? I was about an hour away from Denver. I'm kind of right by Breckenridge. A lot of Avalanche fans out there. So you better believe as I'm making the descent and people are walking up, people had opinions about, oh, so you're a Wings fan, huh? And I turn around, and it's Darren McCarty, and they're like, ah, I see what's going on here. So, like, needless to say, I got a couple dirty looks. Um, there were a couple comments. That just adds to the motivation a little bit, Brent. You know what I'm saying? So when I, once I got to the top, you know, I had to show my Red, Red Wing, you know, tried uh, to the very fullest and said, nice try, Denver. Nice try, Colorado. But you couldn't get me. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm, uh, very good for you. So now You mentioned, just mentioned Chris Draper's name. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I got to double check. But I'm pretty sure my old boss in, in Albany, his brother-in-law is Chris Draper. Seriously? Yeah, it gets you excited, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chris Draper, obviously one of the, one of the key figures on the grind line. And, but like I said, I mean, it was Claude Lemieux's hit on Chris Draper that started literally a war between these two teams for like the next decade to come over one hit, over one cheap shot. Um, and then the history went on from there. So it's amazing how hockey can work like that. I got to double check that now. My mind's yeah. blanking on it. I should know this. I can't believe that. I mean, Don't I tease me like that though, Brent. Um, but, but it's, it's one of them. Yeah. But what about you, man? You, you, you say top no, 10 things that you've ever, you know. <laughs> No, I mean, like, actually, I've had two hours to think question, about this. I'm probably more in submarine Mike's category, because you <laughs> mentioned, uh, does baking a cake count? Um, no, it does not. Well, I think there's a fire, maybe. Eating it might, but yeah. not making it. Coolers, what do you got? Nothing. Uh, here's, you know what I thought about? <laughs> I actually go back to kind of what, yeah, I don't know where the, I, I seriously was thinking about this. I'm like, well, I, I haven't hiked or done anything like that. Mm. I've done some uh, things like with TV wise, like whether it was flying in a in a jet or uh, we repelled for the Boy Scouts down uh, the Wells Fargo building. Damn, you know that that was a little bit of a feat. Yeah, but I'm also like had like probably a bunch of people holding me up, <laughs> so I'm not really sure how physically taxing that much, was. You're, you're at their mercy, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, got I would you. put running cross country my sophomore year in high school okay. as one of my physical feats. Okay, Stuart Weber, that I, see I hate. You. I see you, Stuart Weber. But I actually think I, I was I was telling the kids this like I. My one of my summers, uh, I think it was between my senior before I went to college, mm-hmm. my work schedule. Uh, it was like the hardest I'd ever worked and would ever work in my life because I played Legion ball and you know it's hot summer mm-hmm. and you're playing a couple of games a day usually or at least one at night and then I would go. My dad worked at this trucking company had always been there and uh, you could work the docks at the trucking company. Well. And so you drive forklifts, and mm-hmm. it's like 130 degrees in the trucks, but you work the overnight shift. 
And so I, like you seriously would get done with that shift and you need two showers to yeah. you'd be so dirty, sweaty, gross. Yeah. Right. And it was pretty decent work. I mean, not the hardest work but ever, it but it makes you appreciate the, you know, the, the, the value of a dollar. It was, yeah. uh, I, I think there are two kinds of work. I tell my buddy this cause he, he paints for a living. I said, there's physical work and there's mental work mm-hmm. and they both can be super draining. You sure. know, if you're building a house every day, it's a lot of physical work. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't work like that now. Yeah. Like, a, but there are some days where the mental work almost feels like you built a house. Sure, yeah. You know, what being I mean? an accountant or something, working with you know numbers the whole day. Yeah, oh, come on. So the uh, so back in that day though, I would go play ball a ball game or two, mm-hmm. go there overnight, and then I'd have to be at my next job, which was like a camp counselor, from nine a.m. to like three. Yeah. So I would work some days where I like would not sleep, but, like other than in the slide at a camp council. But you, you're going. To- <laughs> But it was like an incredible, like, huh? you could not survive doing that for very long, but I did it for like a summer. <laughs> People are putting you in charge of their kids. You're taking mats in the slide, man. I was, no doubt. But it's crazy. I, I readily admit it. <laughs> I, I was sleeping in the slide on some days. But it's crazy how you go from like the physical taxing, and then also you have to work with kids all day, which is are probably arguably more mental taxing than anything. So you kind of have the best of both worlds, Brent. Pass it on the slides, though. Classy, uh, yeah. good yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, that's I did. Yeah. Uh, but like, I remember just like that whole summer. Like, work, like I worked hard when I was a kid. Like a lot of those those kind of jobs. Yeah. Not the slide one. Uh, the more like working on the docks or like yeah. overnight shifts at RPS uh, place was called. Sure. Or, you know, and you like, well, it was pretty. I just worked a lot. Like you, you worked a lot for those kind of jobs and, and made your own money, paid for your car insurance or. Yeah. or save money for school so those were a couple of years but from a physical like i don't have no desire to run a marathon none Oof, like i'm, I'm with you man i am uh, probably gonna do zero. it eventually but like, i don't want and to i appreciate people maybe this is why they want to be able to answer this question with an actual response yeah and i can't like i i don't know if i've done something that i would call so physically taxing mm-hmm. that stretched my body to to these great lengths to to even be considered in this kind of category mm-hmm. at least for like fun yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Now, listen, I've had some hard practices before or yeah. things like that, but sure, but not just for fun. So for uh, amusement, yeah. But I think that's why some of these people, some people like doing that stuff, you mm-hmm. know. But I have no desire to run a marathon. Quite frankly, I have very little desire to hike a mountain. Oh, we're, we're gonna do it one day. We gotta do it one day. And that's the thing too. Like literally, probably for let's see, it took me. I think it took us like three hours to get up to, to the summit, and then like two hours and something, some change to come back down. Of those, probably two hours and fifty minutes. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is this sucks. I mean, like, I can't breathe. It's not fun. I'm not having a conversation. I'm just literally staring at my feet the whole time going, all right, one more step, one more step, one more step, over and over again. It's the most mundane thing ever. And I'm just thinking, like, dude, wh- what did I sign up for? Because we've got a choice. Either you can go, uh, you know, the, the climb, or you can go golfing or fishing. Those are three options. I'm like, I could be on a golf course right now with a beer in my hand and just, you know, sucking, but at least I'm not breathing so hard. But no, I chose to go climbing. But then when I got to the top and when I saw the view and everything and I had that sense of accomplishment, it was just like, ah, oh, I get it. I get it. I get why you spend, you know, six hours of your day uh, to put your body through hell, to put your lungs through hell. Your lungs are pumping battery acid, it feels like. But for those, you know, 20 minutes where you're at the top, and you have the view, and you have that sense of accomplishment, I get it. So yeah. so I kind of had a new respect for climbers. I even had like a new respect for like marathon runners. Because, like, dude, 20-something miles? Kidding me? Why? Like, yeah. what, what do you get out of it? Like, dude, it takes how many hours to complete a marathon? What are you going to do the whole time? Just be lost in your thoughts? But then once you're done, I get it. I, I get the people raising their arms at the end of the finish line. Whether, yeah, I get it. Whether they run, like, a seven-minute mile or, or a 20-minute mile, as long as they finish, you know? And, and, and I understand that now.
Now, after hearing this conversation, I'm almost going to feel like my life isn't complete unless I do something crazy physical. <laughs> like, I, what, just what go a, run the Gate River run and call dude, it a let's day. Go, let's go bull riding. Like, the Gate River bull run. Yeah, I can do the that's river quick. run. Like that. You'd I be surprised like, if that hit that bridge. No, I'm not saying it's easy, but I could do it. Like, I know I could do the Gate River run. Again, I, I really should run the Gate River run because it's almost like, are you really a Jacksonville person if you haven't run the Gate River run? I didn't and like, it. so yeah. is that kind of yeah. like your initiation to Jacksonville? I've been here 12 years and haven't run it. Don't say that. I feel like I, I should have. We're okay. Right? We're, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> it does feel like one of those things. Like, true. You know, you, you can look at, All my someone, friends in, done you it. look at someone in the media and you're like, that guy couldn't run from here to the refrigerator, and that guy's probably running their gate river yeah, yeah so i don't want to be the guy that has it okay uh, so i sure. might be getting to that point for sure but outside of that like what else i don't riding a bull man that doesn't count how does that bull count yeah i think it counts, yeah, counts. skydiving counts. Oh, you could almost die yeah yes what do you think about skydiving does that count um, I mean, I'd definitely do it, but I've I don't think it's it. like, yeah. is it strenuous? I mean, it's it's strenuous. Just, I mean, your, I mean, your, your heart is pumping. Yeah, when they it's, it's a giant like, roller coaster. It. Okay. I would count it. All right, so, so Coos has a beat then. Oh, I've done the Gate River on and Sky Dove. Brent, Brent's about to have a, like a, a midlife crisis hey, here. Somebody, <laughs> here Coos has somebody a beat. write in with something I'm, <laughs> I got to do. Accomplishments. <laughs> I'll go run 110 miles in Death Valley. Fine. Well, Brent thought it was going to be a nice casual Tuesday. Turns out he's got a lot of thinking to do and ponder about his life right now because me and Coos are showing him up. It's all good, oh, it's one thing if you are. If Coos is, it's a totally different story. <laughs> no offense to you, Coos. I got to no, do I this soon. Yeah, I'm now 43. I got I to gotta go get this done quickly. Um, <laughs> I can't wait till he gets a Corvette and some jean shorts and everything. He's playing White Snake. <laughs> you, you, you and Nick. You guys want to see a real rough? Check Nick. this out. Yeah, you and Nick. A boss. Yes. And his Mustang. <laughs> you said that. Yeah. Uh, hey, one other mention. Uh, we're going to do some 10 questions, get some, uh, some other topics coming up uh, to finish the show. Uh, I do want to say a quick uh, shout-out and thanks to everybody who listened to the show on Friday, our baseball show. I uh, got a lot of comments, and, and it was a lot of fun to do it, and I uh, appreciate you checking it out. And I know the baseball stuff isn't for everybody, so it's okay if you didn't listen to that day. Uh, but it was cool. It was it was well-received, I think, in town uh, for the most part. So um, gl- thanks for all the comments, and, and appreciate you checking the show out. We'll do it again sometime. You know what I found was really interesting? We had all those guests, right, like 20 guests on. And I couldn't believe – I told Kuzis, I couldn't believe it all worked. Like, they all showed up. Yeah. Usually you call somebody and be like, maybe their phone's not working or they forgot about it. Yeah. So every guest that we had booked came on, That's uh, awesome, which, which was really cool. And just learned so many things from the different stories, and it, it was great, especially if you like baseball. But it got me thinking, maybe we should do like a basketball one in Jacksonville. I like it. Or, or some other. Listen, football we talk about so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're don't, if you not involved with football in Jacksonville, you probably feel slighted to some degree, Whether you, if, even if you've done great things in sports. Yeah. And I think that was kind of my attitude a little bit toward the baseball thing. But if I wanted to do this again next year, next Memorial Day weekend, and we do a show on baseball just to celebrate it annually mm-hmm. – I could come up with 20 different guys. That's the thing. That's what's astonishing. That and the fact that one time during the show I mentioned it. In 2015, uh, no, it was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So it would have been three out of the last five years. I think I might have said three out of the last four. Mm -hmm. Murphy, Baez, and Howie Kendrick, NLCS MVPs, Mm -hmm. all played high school ball in Jacksonville area. Three out of the last five NLCS MVPs. I mean, that is that hasn't even happened on the football field. No. Like, you, you couldn't get three out of the last five years, like a quarterback from Jacksonville going to the Super Bowl. And that's or under the rug, man. 
No one knows. I mean, I didn't know that. And that's what's underneath the rug. It's yeah, crazy. It's pretty wild. So yeah. uh, it was a cool day to celebrate baseball. Thanks for all uh, for listening and, and for all the comments. And hopefully we didn't mess up too many of the statistics. And I know we left a bunch of people out. Uh, so we'll try it again. Maybe next year. It was uh, it, it was a lot of fun to do. But maybe there are other sports in town, too. We should do it. Yeah. Uh, basketball comes to mind. And this is not a hotbed for basketball. Like, see, in baseball, there's it's a hotbed. Like, mm-hmm. college baseball is big. Now, there's not a huge rooting interest in Major League Baseball. But the youth, the high school... Uh, the travel, the college, it's all really, really good. Mm. Basketball's not necessarily like that around here. There are some good players, and there have been good players, and there's some good history in Jack- in Jacksonville. Mm. But it's not like it is in baseball, certainly not like it is in football either. Uh, it's not – I come from like kind of a hotbed area in basketball, more so when I was covering in Albany, New York, like that whole area. Mm. Like travel basketball was huge. AAU basketball was huge there. Uh, not really the case here yeah. uh, in the Jacksonville area. But that doesn't mean there hasn't been some great basketball influencers yeah. from Artis Gilmore to Otis Smith to to others uh, that, that's not worth celebrating. Listen, and I mean, for me, it was football even coming here, right? Because when you hear about Florida, you think of Miami. You, you think of the South in terms of high school football. You know, at least that's how it was in the Midwest for me. And even when I got to, to Jacksonville the first couple of years, I was really unaware of just the hotbed that is Jacksonville football. You know, it wasn't honestly until I started working with you, Brent, where I, I found a new appreciation for just how talented the athletes here are in, you know, northern Florida as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think there is a lot of, uh, I guess, underground, you know, these, these, these athletes, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, they don't really hear about because you hear the Miamis and even sometimes Orlando's and things like that. But Jacksonville in its own right, man, has a, a very rich, I would say, sports uh, tradition here. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the, my boss's brother-in-law is Chris Tamer. Oh, not Chris Tamer, okay. You remember that name? Yeah, I know yeah, Tamer. Played yeah, played for, yeah. uh, for a while, yeah. but with the Penguins, uh, Rangers, and Thrashers Yeah. instead. I was thinking when you said Draper, and I knew Draper's name, sure. but I was like, wait, I just totally blanked on who yeah. uh, Tamer. It was Tamer, not yeah. Draper. No, am I a little disappointed? I sure you am, but well, pops to Chris I'm Tamer. I'm a little happy because I don't have to get you like a Red Bulls jersey. Oh, well, oh, Jersey, <laughs> I want a Zoom interview with a couple of autographs. You're actually like, I'm just going to get a jersey out of it? Yeah. No, man, I'm talking to the guy. Actually, I'm asking my about boss those. is at Tamer's house right now. Uh, yeah. And I said, if it was Draper or oh, if it was Red Wings, I'm just going to steal the show. He's coming steal on the, the show. Steal yeah. the jersey. He's coming on the show. Stay yeah. at home. Put it under your arm. Didn't have to worry about that, thankfully. All right, when we come back, we do a little 10 questions. We update you on what's going on in the entire world of sports. And Dame Lillard comes up with some controversial comments about getting back in it with the NBA. Uh, That is on the way. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 here on a Tuesday. Think about how many times, like in the Western Conference, where teams had a better record than most teams in the East and they didn't make the playoffs. So I think it would make it fair, and I think teams, you will look at changing their East uh, being weak narrative. And I think it would be great for the league because now you have the 16, the 16 most best teams instead of the conferences. And I think it would be best for the league because now, God, now teams that are deserving to be in will be there. Because there were so many times, especially when I was playing in the Western Conference, where that 9th, 10th, and 11th spot were better. And if they were in the East, they would be in the fifth or fourth slot. Kendrick Perkins talking about uh, the playoff format that could be in the NBA as uh, we could find some basketball soon enough uh, in the playoffs. Forego the end of the regular season, I think, is the way it will take place. Orlando will be a, a host 
uh, is the way it's leaning. Kuz, how much is official in the NBA side? Is it still just all a lot I think of it's hearsay? All talk yeah, right now. But it seems like there's a lot of smoke for all that stuff. I mean, it, it has been yeah. for a while, but it's really turned up a notch. Well, and then I think it got like really ramped up when the NHL announced that they were pretty much considering Vegas. And so then the NBA was like, all right, then we're definitely considering Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I don't know if the two like were connected, but I would imagine from a from a sports standpoint, you're like, all right, well, the, if the NHL is there, then let's make our bubble over here so that we're not near each other, you know? Yeah, I get it. It's it, you know, Florida seems to be pouncing on the hey, we're open, come on down. Uh, now the latest is what I think the Republican National Convention, right? Possible, yeah, yeah. Uh, possibility because is it Charlotte that's not that might not do it? Correct. I didn't read a lot on. it. I just kind of saw well, some of the headlines. That's what it is. Uh, but you know, Mayor Corey, uh, Governor DeSantis, they've been come on down, mm-hmm. get in the state of Florida, and I think I've said this before. I don't know how much money is at stake. Now, Republican National Convention, I'm sure there is. There's some of these events. But even having UFC, I don't think there was this windfall of money having well, the UFC in Jacksonville. Even all the wrestling. I mean, listen, all the wrestling had their big pay-per-view, probably the biggest one of the year, um, this past Saturday. And, yeah, it was cool to hear, you know, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, like, when they're commentating, talking about Jacksonville, talking about Gardner Minshew, talking about Doug Marone, all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I guess it does bring up the question a little bit. Like, obviously, with the UFC, hopefully it pays dividends down the road, right? Because they they bring back another card. That's my point, I guess. It's kind of like a little bit of a roll of the dice to say down the road. Yeah. Pat us on the back. Maybe with Ollie Wrestling, like I don't know. Like I mean, they did a great job of showcasing the stadium. You know, in that last match. I mean, they literally, literally just fought around the stadium the whole time. So you saw Jaguar stuff everywhere. So it's like a kind of a free commercial for a 50-minute um, wrestling match of just Jacksonville Jaguar stuff. So maybe some promotion that helps a little bit. But yeah, I get what you're saying, Brent. Where listen, I, I'm all for the aggressive approach if you want to. I'm all for hey, come to Jacksonville, come to Florida, man. Like, we got it going on over here. Let's go. I mean, we saw Lenny Curry shout out Elon Musk and say, hey, if you want to close down your factory in California, bring it to Jacksonville. And now St. John's County is doing the same with uh, Tesla. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it, to me, it comes down to is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, are the risks worth the rewards? And I think with the UFC, it should be. I think with all the wrestling, we'll see, obviously. I mean, it is stationed here, so uh, it kind of makes sense. But it comes with some risk. I mean, you always have to be concerned about it, right? Yeah, and I guess that's my point. Uh, the Jews versus the squeeze. I think mm-hmm. what politicians are saying, yes, it is. The ex- I guess exposure is king. And so that's more. this is more visit Jacksonville, visit Florida, than it is, hey, let's host a big event and make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. That's what's Usually these things are money motivated Correct. when you're inviting and really opening the doors up. Well, at the same time, you know, Florida's a big tourism state, right? Open the doors up, come down here and see, and also maybe move here someday. So I think there are different kind of dominoes. It's just been, they're on the same page with that. You can tell that. They are saying, come on down, mm. and uh, in a variety of ways. Um, and, well, people are coming uh, and opening up. And to that degree, just a, a real brief thought, youth sports opened up over the weekend, and we were a part of it. I know of two big uh, tournaments. Listen, we live in the baseball and the softball world in my house. Hmm. And the baseball world, they had a Vero Beach tournament that had like 70 teams, and that's down in Broward County. Uh, and that was one of those areas that have been pretty high hit in the state of Florida, but they approved this tournament to go along. Now, Ty didn't play down in that. His teams didn't play. And I I don't know how it went. I, I'm sure it went fine. I didn't hear anything. We played out in one with Kaylee's softball team out in Claremont, which is on the other side of Orlando, and uh, just Again, this isn't meant to to 
maybe you don't like the idea of this happening. The bottom line is it is happening. Like youth sports is now really open. Like practices are back and, and tournaments are going to be back. And, and that's the way it is. And I thought this thing went off pretty well. It was a three day tournament, Saturday, Sunday, Monday out there in Claremont. They had some rules like, uh, parents could not congregate behind home plate, which is a normal viewing area, had to go in the outfield essentially, which you could spread out in the outfield and not be close contact. The way they stacked the tournament, uh, and this was pretty big. There's a lot of teams. I don't know exactly how many, but a lot of teams. You played ba- two day, two games in a row, essentially. Most teams did on each day, and therefore you weren't sitting around and waiting for your next game. Yeah. You could get out of the park, mm-hmm. and so there wouldn't be that many people congregating. In the dugout, they had hand sanitizer for the girls. Uh, they also had uh, you used your own set of softballs, uh, mm-hmm. so you didn't share the same softball with the opposition. Uh, so they limited some of that. Uh, to sit here and tell you that, well, they limited everything. You didn't come close to it. And no, it felt a little normal at times. Like, were there some high fives? Uh, yeah, there probably there were. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I, mean, I think out of habit what you, more yeah, than of anything. Of course, yeah, it's muscle memory, man. So a little bit of that is at your own risk. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they did a good job to mitigate a lot of the risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the bottom line here from my standpoint is if you're going to go out, and I say this with Publix, Winn-Dixie, and the grocery stores and Home Depot, and you are you are going to expose yourself to some risk, mm-hmm. bottom line. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, as at least as a state, I can't speak as a country, I think as a state and the city of Jack, what I've noticed is I think we're willing to accept that risk to some degree. Correct. Uh, I also saw pictures around the state this past weekend from like some crowds that are like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, the, you know, the, how about the one with Ozark? The Ozark yeah, thing? yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Spring I mean, break, baby. That just, just, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, 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 that seems stupid. Right. That, yeah. that seems beyond that just doesn't seem right uh, in this. T- it's a bad message to be sent. It's, probably well, literally more than anything. I just come down to this. Like, am I worried about getting COVID-19? Absolutely not. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly healthy and everything like that with my age. Obviously, the odds are in my favor that even if I did contract it, um, I wouldn't come down with really anything and, you know, be be out for a while. And the same thing with you, same thing with Coos. But I think it's also our job to make sure that people are comfortable who maybe are susceptible to that, right? Yep. So whether that's practicing social distancing and following the rules, whether that's if you go to the Lake of the Ozarks, you don't go go with a group of 50 people and you sit in tubes and drink next to each other. Like, you know, let's be smart here about it. And once again, it's not for the people who are, the, you know, the, the epitome of health. It's for the people that maybe feel uncomfortable. And maybe even if, you know, those people aren't out there, it's just, to me, it's making people. I'm sorry. To me, it's me making people feel comfortable. Like even for instance, obviously I was in Colorado when the airports and everything. Yeah, I had a mask. I was I worried about contracting anything? No, but there were some older people next to me. I mean, not like six feet away from me, but like they're next to me. I want to make sure they're comfortable, right? To yeah. me, it's like the same thing. If you wore like a super aggressive T-shirt that says like uh, an expletive on it, right? You go out in public, people would be like, "What is this dude working?" Right? And like all of a sudden, they're uncomfortable. I want to make people as comfortable as possible in a bad situation. Yeah, well, pretty well said. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's happening. It's opening yep. up, and and uh, I guess kind of whether you like it or not, and and you got to figure out if you don't like it yeah. where to go. And, well, and some of those workplace things are still could be voluntary. I think those are changing by the minute, by the week mm-hmm. uh, as well. I'll tell you what. Too went to the the YMCA for the first time in a long time. It was open today. Dead in there. I was, was surprised. It? Yeah, I was expecting like, the New Year's crowd to come back in. Nobody was Not in there. Yet. Not yet. Maybe a little hesitant Maybe, uh, yeah. to do that. All right. Hey, I don't know if we have 10 questions, and I don't know if we can get through them all, but let's get through some questions here uh, on a Tuesday as there's a lot happening. What's up, Coos? Bring it to us. Do we get to inter- inter- intervene one time? Is that the rule still we're doing? Yeah, we can do whatever right. we want. We'll okay. make up the rules. <laughs> okay. We haven't played this game in so long. People forget the rules. That's a good point. Okay. So, um... 
First question will go to Austin. Okay. Uh, so there's some reports out that the Rams are talking with Ramsey about his contract. Yeah. There's some other rumors out there that uh, the Chiefs are talking to Patrick Mahomes about his contract. Okay. Who do you think gets done first? Ooh. Oh, man. Whose gets done first? I'm going to go out and say that Jalen Ramsey's contract gets done first. Because Whoa. if you look at what uh, the Rams sacrificed to get Jalen Ramsey, that deal has to eventually get done regardless. Patrick Mahomes has what, Brent? One, one more year left or two more years left? Uh, it'll be one. One more year left on the contract. I mean, obviously, they're, they're going to pay him his money, but with Patrick Mahomes. Option too. Uh, exactly. With Patrick Mahomes, yes, he will get his money, but keep in mind, he plays the quarterback position. Probably, well, he should be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. When you talk about the highest paid anything, any position, you talk about a guy who's probably going to take some time and go back and forth with the organization. So with that being said, I think Jalen Ramsey gets paid first. All right, Brent, uh, for you, it just uh, came out of a little bit ago, or at least on ESPN's site, uh, John Kitna's son committed to UF. Is it something to be excited about? Yeah, I think so, because here's two reasons to get excited about it. Four-star QB with some um, obviously pretty good genes, John Kitna, uh, who played for Cincinnati for a long time, played other teams too, but most memorable for Cincinnati. And as a four-star quarterback, and I think it's important to keep signing quarterbacks. So Dan Mullen's been able to do that. He's been able to groom those quarterbacks and trying to find the next big thing. Because there's one thing. Listen, Felipe Frank's done a great job with. Uh, Dan Mullen with Kyle Trask has done a fantastic job with. And some people expect him to have a great, great year. I think that might be a little overdone. But if you can find a bona fide star like the guys George has had, you know, or obviously the next Joe Burrow, and team him up with Mullen, that's what you're after. That's what brings you the national championship. So, I mean, you needed Danny Warfel. You needed Tim Tebow, Chris Leak. You needed those guys to get the national championship. Not sure you win the national title with Kyle Trask. So uh, I'm not saying this kid is it, but a four-star recruit, he's obviously got some talent. I think it's a nice signing and something to get excited for for the class of 21. All right, Austin, uh, you saw Reggie Bush's comments about uh, college athletes getting played say, or paid, saying mm-hmm. uh, it will destroy some people, which he said was taken out of context. But do you agree with the thought process that he had that, you know, kids essentially given money may not know how to handle it? Um, no, absolutely not, because those kids are adults, okay? When you graduate high school and you go out to the workforce, um, people don't say, well, don't give them a lot of money in that paycheck because they can't handle it. Same thing with student-athletes, okay? Um, I, I think that Reggie Bush had the wrong message. And once again, he said it got taken out of context, context a little bit. I don't know the whole quote, but all I know is that it's going to destroy some college athletes. I really don't think so. Okay, like, yeah, if you get money to some people, it'll destroy them. Absolutely. Not just college athletes. So I think, obviously, the pros outweigh the cons, and I think that it only help kids learn about the everyday life because, let's be honest, life isn't about college. Okay, I mean, like, college prepares you for life, but it's not real. You don't stay in the dorms the rest of your life. You don't go to parties every single weekend the rest of your life. So why not give kids a little advantage here and give them some money? Thursdays are different. <laughs> Thursday Thursdays? <laughs> I see you, Brent. I see you on Thursday Thursday Thursdays. Thursday. Oh, yeah. All right, Brent. Uh, feelings on the Tiger, Peyton, Tom, and Phil match? I'm glad you asked about that. Listen, I did not watch it front to back. I actually went and played golf, and then uh, Ty and I were hitting. So we saw, like, intermittent. Uh, yeah. We did see live the shot Brady hit. Yeah, yeah. And the trash talk and Charles. I thought Charles Barkley, I thought Justin Thomas were fantastic in it. I think the whole thing was a hit. And, again, big-time numbers, like – 
last dance kind of numbers for that. Six 5.8 million. Oh, million. Oh, yeah, yeah, so six million. million. Yep. And super job by TNT. I mean, it was raining. I think it would have been a lot better if the rain didn't come down like that. I think it was tough for the, the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiger Woods hardly said anything. Brady obviously had the great interaction there. But thank goodness for Manning and Mickelson. Their stock grew even more, I think, with so many fans because they were brilliant. So you have to have a couple of guys carry the conversation. I think it's already begs the question, who's next? I think that's a fair topic. Like, who do you want to see out there with Mickelson, with Tiger to do something like that again? I have one other thought. Is the 18 holes too long? And I think for something like this, it might be. Uh, Listen, I'm a golf guy. I'm just saying, I think if you shrunk it down, whether you pick up the coverage as they make the turn – or you just play a nine-hole match and make it like a two-and-a-half-hour window, I think that might be a little bit better for TV could purposes. It, could it be like almost like a relay-type situation? So you have a you have a team of four, two people do the front nine, and then they like hand it off to two new people on the back? I, okay. I wouldn't be opposed to it to freshen it up a Gives little it bit. Something yeah, fresh. I think that wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, I just think it's a little drawn out. Again, the rain might have had something to do with that, too. You knew you weren't getting the best. You had to dodge the rain. But again, I think it was a huge hit. The, it, the viewership showed that it was a huge hit. I think we're going to see... The one thing that's going to be birthed out of this deal, we're going to see more things like this, more creativity. Oh, we've had skins matches in... in in golf for a long time, but we might see, you know, like the musician world, the music world does these crossover yeah. things, yeah. right? Yeah. I think we might see more of this mm-hmm. in sports where yeah. we get the mix of athletes. Yeah, the CMT Crossroads. That was a there good show. Go. Yeah. I kind of want to see like NBA uh, during the All-Star break do a, do a one-on-one tournament. I really think there'd be something to that. With, but, outside, with people from outside the NBA? Or even just like like you had um, uh, Kyrie calling out Kemba Walker saying, I, okay. I want that matchup. Yeah. And you're like, all right, put a million on it and let's let's go. Let's you know? On it. Oh. <laughs> I, I just want to say that one day. Like, <laughs> right? Go and put a million on it. Let's see that. Uh, which actually brings us to the question. Austin, uh, Dame Lillard says that he doesn't want to compete in a restarted NBA season if Portland doesn't have a legitimate shot at the playoffs. He's like right on the cuff. Uh, yes. I think they're the ninth seed technically yeah, in the like West. Three and a half games out when the season stopped. Yeah. So uh, do you think other players have that mentality or is that a bad look for Dame? Yeah. <sighs> You know what? I can see where Dame's coming from, though, man. All right. I mean, this is the this is the the league of load management now. Okay. And when we talk about a team who's you know mathematically possibly eliminated from the playoffs, I mean, what do you have to play for? You know, like you you spend all this time sitting out, um, you know, just worrying about the the pandemic and everything, and now you come back for what a couple weeks? Obviously, injuries are a concern. Obviously, your future is a concern. Um, I, you know, Dame Laird being one of the faces of the NBA and being a captain on that team, it's not a good vibe. It's not a good message sent from him. But at the same time, can you really blame the guy? Okay, because you play to go to the playoffs. You, you play to win a championship. Take those two things away. What do you have left? We, uh, I'll, I'll jump in. We're about done anyway. But uh, I think on that topic, what, what bugs me a little bit is they're only three and a half out. Now, mm-hmm. what he wanted is one of those play-in formats, kind of like the NHL is thinking of doing yep. with the 24 teams. And so you have a chance at it because there were 16 games left in the regular season. If you're three and a half out, that's a long way to go, right? There mm-hmm. was talk of doing like a tournament for those teams that are close to like just kind of round it out, yeah. essentially. I get it. Like, if I'm 12 games out, like if I'm Golden State, remember how they said, hey, yeah, like we'll do whatever, but we're really yeah. not focused on it. We're already yeah. turned our Why attention. Why would they even show up? You know, uh, but... I think in Lillard's, Lillard has a little bit more responsibility that they still can get there, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, sports is all about if you got a chance, you're going down fighting. Mm-hmm. They're three and a half games out with, so it depends like the math of it. You know, if, if they give them five games to play and then they're going to do the playoffs, well, then I'd be like, okay, I get it. 
You know, I'm not going to get hurt What's in these the five point? games after taking a two-month layoff. I think yeah. I can see his reasoning. If they're going to play the 16 games out, well, then I, I don't like that kind of look from Lillard to say, now nah, we're not going to go try to close that gap, mm-hmm. whether you agree with what they've done or not. So it's a little catchy there. I'm even going to jump back into on your Ramsey and Mahomes thing. Unbelievable. Double interjections. Double interjections. Double interjections. Today. Oh, man. Uh, Keep in mind what you said about Mahomes. He's going to obviously, you know, set this record contract. Yeah. Well, Ramsey's trying to do the same at the corner position. Yeah, yeah. You know what the deal is? Ramsey met on Zoom with reporters today and said, "Hey, I'll be going to the mini camp or whatever else. I'm not holding out. I've already, they know what I want." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds awfully familiar. Oh yeah. <laughs> Get ready, LA Radio. Uh, Have fun with this one. Awfully familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think? Well, I mean, we'll see what happens with training camp. But do you think he shows up in something in training camp this year? He has to, right? He will. Yeah, I think he will. What is he going to show up in? Oh, oh, you mean in something? I, yeah, I, I'm oh, talking about like, uh, he up like, in the Brinks truck. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. How do you top the Brinks truck? I, the calendar has been so thrown off that I'm not sure he'll do that again. I, yeah. Maybe some bad optics too with the Brinks truck with everything uh, going I don't, on. I don't know. Yeah. Ramsey doesn't care about a lot That's of that stuff, point. I don't think. But I'm just helicopter. Yeah, I, I just don't know if he's an every year guy like that. Oh, he has to be consistent, Brent. Consistent's the key to now, but like NFL. Antonio Brown became an every year guy. You sure. I don't know if Ramsey is. Okay. I, I right. bet Ramsey comes in normal. You put some money on it. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. Uh, let's go and put a million on it. <laughs> Told you I want to say it one time in my life. Yeah, you just did. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, we'll do it again tomorrow. Maybe a little more Ramsey talk on the, in that regard uh, coming up tomorrow, and we'll get back after it. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. Have a good night. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.